Welcome to Eaglebrook Church. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. We have been in a series called Tough Questions Jesus Asked. Now, I grew up in church hearing that Jesus had all the answers, and I think he does. But what I've also learned is that he's actually got some really, really great questions that can be tough for us to answer. Now, you may be here today, and you may not even be a Christian, and you're watching and listening today, but here's what I want you to know. That Jesus has a question for you today that I fully believe, if answered honestly, can absolutely change your life. The question I want us to dive into this weekend is found in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John. It says this, it says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Um, I've had the fortunate opportunity to uh, visit Israel uh, a couple of years ago, and what I loved about that trip is stories that I had previously just read about. I actually got to be on location and just watch those stories truly come to life. It's one thing to read about the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on water. It's another thing to actually see and feel and touch the Sea of Galilee. I tried walking on water. It did not go as well for me as it did for Jesus. Nevertheless, one of the locations I was able to visit was indeed the Pool of Bethesda, where the story we're looking at this weekend took place. This is an actual picture of the Pool of Bethesda. Now, the way John tells the story is that along these edges are people who are not well, can't see can't walk, and some have been permanently immobilized head to toe. Now, the people of that day, they had a, a superstition that whoever made it into the pool when the waters were stirred, that's who would get a healing that day. The Bethesda rules of the pool are simple. First come, first serve. It was a healing lottery. Everyone's got a ticket hoping their number is going to get called. Perhaps there were some who got into the pool, but simply because they weren't first, they simply got wet but didn't get healed. Some believed that an angel would actually come down and stir the waters. Others believed it was intermittent springs that were developed by Herod that would make the waters stir. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how long or how often this pool party would be orchestrated. However, what the Bible is crystal clear about is how long this unnamed man has been dealing with his infirmity. 38 years. It's the amount of time that this man has come to live with the Bible's description of an invalid. Which is an interesting word, in my opinion. Sure, it is describing his physical state. But I have to wonder if it was also the perfect description for his soul at the time. I wonder if the invalid felt invalid. 
I wonder what it felt like to live like this for 38 years. 38 years of pain, 38 years of no purpose, 38 years of being an outcast. And I think if we had the opportunity to bring the invalid on the stage with us this week, and we were to ask him some questions, and if we were to just say, hey man, what, what, what were your biggest goals in life? It would undoubtedly to be the first one in the pool when the waters are stirred. But then Jesus, Jesus asked this man a question that I want us to consider this weekend. <laughs> it, John goes on to tell the story like this. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Jesus asked this man a question in which the answer may seem obvious. John said that Jesus, one, saw him lying there, and two, learned that he has been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus asked, do you want to get well? Which I think is actually a good question, especially in the context of what I learned about invalids and beggars in Israel. Um, there is great consideration for someone in this man's position to actually not get well. Historians note that someone in his position who would be considered an Eastern beggar could actually make a good living in the streets just asking for money. Therefore, if this man gets well, this man might have to get a job. <laughs> Are you sure that you want to get well, Mr. Invalid? I mean, when I visited Israel, um, there was an Eastern beggar on the side of the road uh, near where our tourist spot was. This was a legit beggar. I couldn't tell if he was in character. I'm like, man, this really feels very biblical right now. It's kind of scaring me. But nevertheless, he was legit asking people for money. And he had um, this cup in which he was asking for money, and this cup was a translucent blue cup. In other words, we could see through it and see how much money my man had made throughout the day. The cup was about halfway full. I saw some 10s. I saw some 20s. I said, my man's doing all right for the day. And then we, we continued on with our tour. We went a couple of blocks up the road, and we see the same exact Eastern beggar, the same exact translucent blue cup, and this time, his cup is empty. And I thought to myself, where I come from, we don't call that begging. We call that a hustle. My man has figured it out. Are you sure that you want to get well? I think what Jesus is doing is he is inquiring of what this man really wants. Because if this man gets well, he is going to have to alter the way he's been previously living. 38 years. What I know to be true about you and me is I think we've all got some things we'd like to be different. I think we've all got some things that we would love to accomplish, some goals, some resolutions, some preferred futures. And what I've often found to be true for us is that we often will envision ourselves in a better place way in the future. It's like we all got plans to be greater later. But the biggest thing keeping us from being 
who we want to be in the future is our present comfort. I get an opportunity to sit across from a lot of different kinds of people. And often they'll share some of their goals and ask me for some help and some ideas on how to help them reach their goals. But there's a part of them that just doesn't want to give up their comfort. They just don't want to change. Sometimes I'm sitting across from a guy and he's going, wait a minute. You mean I can't text her anymore? Like at all? No, you can't. You're like a married man now. So if you want to stay married, you should probably just text your wife. That would be a good idea. Do you want to get well? I mean, I can't eat out every night. Not if you want to save money. Like, do you want to get well? You mean I should stop hanging out with that crew? If you want to break an addiction, you can't keep hanging out with the people who feed it. It's just math at some point. Them plus you equals bad decisions every weekend. Do you want to get well? You mean I got to get up early, Ryan? Probably. Or manage the time you already do have better. There's just no version of a changed life that doesn't require change. You can't have comfort and change in the same meal. Do you want to get well? I think for some of us, I think that this question is a loaded question. It's not just do you want to get well. Do you even think you need to get well? Because we all got people in our life that got some issues, but they don't think that they got no issues. You ever met an angry person that tried to convince you they're not angry? I'm not angry. But you look a little angry. Why does everybody think I'm angry? I don't know where they get that idea. I don't know. So surprised. But how do we know we're not that person? Does your marriage need to get well? I mean, here's what I know to be true for you and me is if God can't heal what we pretend isn't broken. And so if we don't get to a place in our life where we're actually able to be honest to say, you know, I think there's some things that I need to get well. I've got some issues that I would love for God to help me deal with. I think for those of us who are at a place where we can actually admit that something needs to change, the question remains, do you want to get well. If you don't want to get well, then just keep doing exactly what you've been doing. But if you want your future to be different and you want to get well, then you may have to take a step of faith and do something different. John goes on to tell us in verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, Jesus ain't never been called sir. Okay, but here we are with this invalid. He don't know who you're talking to. He says, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. It's interesting. <laughs> After 38 years of being an invalid and having a life that somewhat feels invalid and being a social outcast, it's interesting to see his response to Jesus' question. He says, do you want to get well? And notice that this man never told Jesus about his condition. 
He also never told Jesus how long he had been dealing with his condition. However, when you and I get to the bottom of what this man really wants, is this man really wants a someone that loves him enough to help him get into the pool. The frustration in his voice isn't, Jesus, I can't move my legs. I haven't been able to move for 38 stinking years. Come on, God, give me a break. Let me get lucky to get healed. No. His frustration is, Jesus, I, I have no one. He's looking for somebody to help him to get into the pool. He's alone. And I just, I wonder if the pool for him doesn't just represent a chance to get healed, but perhaps a chance to get connected with another human being. <laughs> My guy, the invalid, is trying to make a friend and get into the pool. He's, he's in the Jewish rat race, ladies and gentlemen. And he believes a person and the pool can do something for him that only Jesus can. He's got this thought, if somebody can just help me get into the pool before everyone else, I'm going to be all right. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We've all got our pools too. We've got our own if only statements. If only I got promoted. If only I had more money. If only I was out of debt. If only I was married. If only we had gotten that house. If only I had more friends. If only I had more followers on social media. And what the invalid and us have in common is that we can easily find ourselves putting our hope in whatever everyone else around us is putting their hope in. This man is on the side of a pool looking for hope in the pool, not realizing he's engaged in a conversation with the guy who is actually hope himself. Now, Jesus, he hears about him not having anyone to help him get into the pool and responds to this. Get up! <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? Get up! What have you been sitting there for for 38 years? Get up! Take your mat and walk. Go ahead, pick it up. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and did exactly what Jesus told him to do. I love Jesus. And I love that this man was healed and cured. It is remarkable. It's like Jesus shows up to the pool party and lets this guy know, you don't need the pool. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't either. I know we think our pool of promotion would just completely change our life and help us get well, but I just have to wonder if that promotion is actually even needed for us to get well. I know some people that just think, man, I, I'll, I'll get well if, if I just get more social media followers. No, you won't. Like we could all fall for the temptation that if we just make it to the pool, 
will be, will be good. I just got to let you know, there's no pool that can do for you what Jesus can do for you. Do you want to get well? If you do, surrender your life to Jesus and do whatever he tells you to do next. Even if it's just as simple as picking up your mat and walking. I love how the story continues for the invalid. Scripture says that the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Uh-oh. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Now, I just, I got to give you a little context of this statement because I think it's actually hilarious. Now, devout Jews lived according to what they called their mitzvah. Um, these were 613 commandments that included 248 positive commandments. These were the things we want you to do. It also included 365 negative commandments. Here's all the stuff you can't do. One for each day of the year. You gotta love that. 39 of those were regarding the Sabbath and defined what was permissible and impermissible on a Sunday. Okay, I'm just going to put them up on the screen so you can see all 39, okay, just to give you a little bit of context for what this invalid is going through on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I'm just going to highlight a couple of them for you, okay? Uh, number two is plowing. You can't even live in Minnesota and be a Christian according to the mitzvah. You know what I'm saying? Come winter, we're just stuck. Okay, well, what else is on there? Spinning, children's ministry is done. I guarantee you, your kids are spinning right now. Okay, what else is on there? Tying, there goes shoes. Guess what else is on there? Untying. Okay, if your shoes are on on Saturday, that's just what you're going to do. You're going to have to shower in them shoes. You're going to have to sleep in them shoes. It's a done deal. And this was a sandals culture, so this wasn't that big of a deal. But for us, we're done. Okay, what else is on there? Scoring, there goes NFL Sunday ticket. Just like that. Now, number 39 is interesting. Transferring between domains. Ladies and gentlemen, carrying of mats falls under number 39. My guy, the invalid, almost made it through the whole Sabbath, but he got caught transferring between domains. How dare you, Mr. Invalid? Did you know we got rules around here? He is indeed. Breaking rules. But what blows my mind and what I just find hilarious is the fact that nobody stopped to notice that for the first time in 38 years, he could break a rule. Hey, guys, I can carry a mat now <laughs> and walk and stuff. These leaders are so busy mat tracking that they've missed the miracle altogether. The fact that we're even arguing is a miracle. And they missed it. And I just, I just love his response to the mat carrying law-breaking accusation. And it was this. This is what he said. He says, um, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. What you want from me? Don't shoot the messenger. Don't blame me. I couldn't walk or swim. Honestly, this pool trick was iffy because if I can't walk, you definitely can't swim. So I met a man, though, who told me to do something I hadn't been able to do in 38 years. 
and now I can. So if you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at him, to which they want to know who's him. Who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus has slipped away into the crowd that was there. So this guy's going, let me show you the guy. He was, I swear, he was just, where, where did he? I promise, somebody told me to pick up my mat, and he, he's gone now. So you just got to find him. But guess what? Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Again, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus found him twice. And I just love that he met him at the pool before he met him at the temple. It should give hope to any person who's searching for God this weekend. I want you to know that the nature of the God we worship is one that seeks and saves. He's the one that looks for the broken on the sides of pools and the backs of temples and brings healing in his hands. And maybe you're here today and it's just been one of those seasons where you're in a place searching for something different. I just want you to know that something different has been searching for you for a very, very long time and perhaps has led up to this moment right here, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, do you want to get well? Maybe for some of you it's spiritually and something just isn't right in your soul. And I just got to tell you, there's something about wholehearted living. There's something about having a whole soul that is a wellspring of life that allows us to fully live. Is your soul well today? Do you want to get well? Maybe for you, it's, it's mentally. Maybe for you, it's Emotionally, man, it's, it's hard to fully live with a broken heart. I just know so many people who've lost loved ones and they just, they just can't move on. It's been hard for them to, to get well. Perhaps you're here today and the arena in which you need to get well is physical. Maybe you've got a cancer battle, maybe you've got chronic back pain, maybe you've got a family member that's been going through some serious health challenges. I got good news for you today. I believe there is a God available to us today who heals. I love what James, half-brother of Jesus, says. He says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him.
As we finish up today, we're going to give each and every person at every location an opportunity to come forward and receive a prayer of faith that I believe can heal you, that I believe can heal your friend, that I believe can heal your mom, that can heal your daughter, that can heal your husband. Yeah, today's a day of a prayer of faith. I believe it's a, a prayer that can absolutely change your life. If you're watching online, our online campus pastor has a, a next step for you too, and our prayer team is here for you to join our faith with yours to heal whatever could be broken in your life. And maybe you need to just come down representing someone you know that is sick. I was, uh, I was doing a corporate engagement the other day and, and, and afterwards I was like, hey, can you sign some books for the people that are here? And I said, sure, I'd love to do that. And, and there was this long line of people I was signing books for and all of a sudden there was a woman in the line and she didn't know I was a pastor. She didn't know I was in ministry. She's just like, okay, he was just our, our motivational speaker for the day. And, and she walks up to me, no book in hand, tears in her eyes. And she goes, I don't know why I felt led to tell you this today. She goes, but my son has an incurable disease. And I just don't know what to do. But I felt like I should just share that with you. I said, ma'am. I know why you felt led to tell me that your son has an incurable disease. Because I talk to a God every single day who specializes in incurable diseases. It's kind of his thing. It's what he does. Can I pray for you? And you might be here today standing in the gap for somebody you love. And you might look at us. You might look at our pastors. You might look at our team. You might look at our leaders and go, guys, we've gotten bad news. You came to a place that is predicated on good news. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here in a little bit. And if you need to be dismissed, you can. But I want you to know, we, we got your kids. We, we'll take care of them. They know we're doing this today, that we wanted to end with a little bit of something special because I'm just letting you know, I drove here today in the car with faith in my heart, believing that God was going to heal a lot of people today. And so if you give us permission, our pastors, our leaders, and prayer team are going to anoint you with a little bit of oil. There's nothing magical about the oil. But it's a biblical practice that has been around for thousands of years. And I get it. You might be thinking, Ryan, what if he doesn't heal me today? What if he doesn't heal my heart? What if he doesn't heal my mind? What if he doesn't heal my body? I can tell you what, I, what I'm thinking. What if he does? That's why we pray. It's why we come. It's why we gather together. It's why we come together and lift up the name of Jesus because we believe in the name of Jesus miracles can happen in people's lives every single day. Do you want to get well? If you do, I think today's your day to take a step forward and perhaps receive a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for Eagle Brook Church. 
God, I pray that you would help us be well. God, I pray for our souls. Lord, would you help our souls be well? Would you help our heart be well? Would you help our minds be well? And God, for my friends watching all around Minnesota, all around the world. God, for any of my friends that are dealing with some physical ailments, that are dealing with some bad news, God, I speak your name, the name of Jesus, over every single person watching and listening to this message. God, I pray that you would begin healing people right here, right now. God, would you help us truly be well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this weekend. Our prayer teams are making their way down to the front. We're going to create a little bit of, a, of an intimate space here um, at all of our locations, and um, we would be honored to spend some time praying for you and your loved ones. Join us next week. We look forward to seeing you. Have a great week. Hey, everyone at our campuses, people are coming down front and receiving prayer. And for everyone watching online, we have a website that you can go to. We would love an opportunity to pray for you and whatever's going on in your life. Go to eaglebrookchurch.com slash prayer. Uh, if you want to post a prayer request or if you want to pray for someone, there's a way for you to let people know that you're praying for them. Uh, so go there and check that out. Also, I want to give you a quick reminder that right now we are starting our Closer Look class. It's a peek behind the scenes of why we make the decisions we do at Eaglebrook. And if you want to check that out and you're on a platform where you can chat, in the chat there is a link that you can click on. We'll take you straight to the webinar. There's no camera on you. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, but you can join in and ask any questions that you have. Uh, or you can go to our uh, Eaglebrook online Facebook group and you can get the link there. Uh, but hey, with all of that, we will see you next week.